Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. Uh, this is uh, the return of Ask Daydon Advice Lunch Hour. And, um, you know, it's been a, a few weeks uh, since we were last live. I, I took a little bit of a break uh, with the, the new year, with the inauguration, with Martin Luther King Day. There was just, you know, a lot of different things uh, going on that, um, you know, and I just, you know, spending some time with, with the family, um, you know, so a lot of things going on that um, caused me to not be live. But um, shout out to everyone who's been listening into the archive shows, going back on the iTunes and, you know, getting caught up on uh, old shows that, uh, you know, you may have missed. Um, and so there's a, obviously there's a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, I titled this show the, you know, the, the post-inauguration special, you know, for, uh, for Donald Trump. But, you know, there's so much. Uh, you know, I really feel like that title doesn't fully do it justice because there's so much that I want to talk about today. There's you know, there's a lot of issues. There's and you know, I've been very vocal on uh, social media uh, as of late regarding you know just our community, regarding the government, regarding the media, and so I want to touch on it and kind of just elaborate on a lot of those social media posts that many of you guys have seen and um, you know a lot of you have commented you know on. Um, I want to just start. I'm just going to jump right into it. I, um, you know, I, I was really happy and, and blessed to be able to this year for uh, Martin Luther King Day get out with my fraternity Phi Beta Sigma and and get into the community and and do some some service. That's what we do every year on MLK Day. And uh, this year we went into the uh, like the Buddhist community. You know, we uh, did some community service out there, and it was really different. Um, and it was it was interesting and it was great because even though we have different religions, we have different cultures, there are a lot of similarities uh, that that we do have, and they're really positive people. The people we interact with are really great people, really friendly, really committed to um, you know to doing service, and, and we're very knowledgeable about our you know our history with uh, with, with Martin Luther King civil rights uh, leaders like John Lewis and things like that. So, um, you know, and I say that to say that, you know, with so much stuff going on, let's really just try to not focus on our differences, but focus more on our similarities and the things that really do bind us. And if we're, if you, if we're talking about from a, a spiritual standpoint, you know, we're all believers in Christ. We're all Christians. You know, we, we are supposed to be lovers of God and lovers of our brothers and our sisters. And, and I've actually been seeing, the 100% opposite of that. And it's really sad. It's really uh, discouraging that because I've personally never seen our country and, and specifically our community more divided. You know what I mean? It's, it's really disgusting, actually, just to hate the social media hatred, people walking around. I mean, you know, there's the video of the, the African-American kids tying up the, the, the Trump supporter and torturing him. I mean, just just crazy stuff. And it's like, that's, that stuff is like swept under the rug and we want to focus on, you know, stuff that is, is not as important, you know, like Chris Setma show, who I'll talk about, you know, like some of these other things, these entertainers and you know, Steve Harvey, like that stuff is minor compared to someone being tortured compared to, you know, stores being vandalized and, and all types of crazy things going on. So I want to just talk about a lot of that, uh, that stuff. You know, in fact, you know, you got people out here protesting. You know, you got people protesting who didn't even vote. 
You got people protesting who literally have never done one thing for their community in their community. And it was a blessing for me. Uh, the week prior to MLK there, that, that week actually, you know, I was uh, with the frat again, and we went out into into the school. It was actually called uh, People for People Charter School here in Philadelphia. It was it was just I mean I do I used to do a lot more of that. I haven't so much lately because of my schedule and and family stuff. But um, it was a blessing to go into the school, into the classroom, and just talk to these kids about life. Talk to these these kids like you know kindergarten, first grade, second grade about the importance of staying in school and, you know, just, you know, identifying a career. You know, we were asked going around the room just saying, like, you know, asking what would you want to do when you get older. And they were so, so passionate. And it was really great to see because this this school was, like, really in the in the middle of the hood, really. It wasn't really um, in the best neighborhood. And so it was just great to see so much encouragement in those kids. And so I would just say, you know, that's the real protest. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really want to protest Donald Trump, you know, and you want to protest the government, see, see, I'm going to school you off for a little bit, for a second. You guys got to understand, the, you know, the government is not here for us. The government is here for the government. They're there to please and to, you know, keep the rich richer and to put in, you know, process uh, or put, in, put people in positions to continue that process. You understand that? So it's not, it is not and never has been and never will be for the lower class. So if you want to protest the system, the way to protest the system isn't by holding up a sign. It's by actually going into the, the, the hood, going into the community, doing service, you know, sowing into our youth so that we can empower them to be stronger against the government agenda. You know what I mean? That, that's the real protest. That's how you really make a difference. You know, you posting something on social media doesn't really do anything. You know, I mean, it doesn't do anything. But in the reality, is most – really, at, look at – look think about it. Like, if you know people who are protesting, claim to be so passionate, look – scroll a little bit further down their timeline and see where the pictures are for them actually doing service. Because I'm pretty sure if you do something, you organize a rally, you go into a school or something, you're going to spread the word about it. You're going to let someone know probably on social media, if you don't see anything, because there's a lot of talk. Everyone talks about doing stuff, but very few people actually do anything except talk. And those are the most hypocritical people because they're just perpetuating the government's agenda of dividing us. And I'll talk a little bit more about, you know, the whole divide and conquer thing and what that's really about, but just understand that we are literally feeding right into their plan. You know, there's, I mean, just think about it. If, If the lead news story, Every night is Donald Trump and something negative that he's done or is going to do. You know, certainly there are more things going on you know, around the world that aren't being discussed. You know, all the tabloid stuff, all the foolishness, all the stuff that doesn't really matter. Imagine all the stuff that's not being reported on. And so it's called a distraction. And so just understand that. You know, we, we live in it. I mean, just in the distraction is for a purpose. It's to accentuate the hypocrisy. You know, got all these people, you know, being called these names, you know, being called these names. We're attacking our own people. Some of the most popular people in our community are now being attacked because they choose to express their opinion. You, know, you understand that? One thing I said on social media is I said, I guess Martin Luther King III you know, is a quote-unquote coon or a sellout. 
for meeting with Donald Trump. You know, people say, oh, I was talking about Steve Harvey met with Donald Trump. He's a sellout. He's a coon, you know. But Chrisette Michelle, this and that. We'll talk a lot about, you know, Chrisette Michelle. But, you know, what about Martin Luther King uh, III? He met with Trump. You know, Barack Obama met with Trump. There's tons of people in Congress. Every, you know, so many people have met with Donald Trump. And and I haven't really spoken about this whole thing since, you know, the, the backlash has become so apparent. But the reality is people can meet with whoever they want to meet with. I mean, it's so hypocritical. I mean, Nobody is judging you or your friends for going and meeting with somebody who, you know, just has sex with you once a month. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, let's keep it, let's keep it real. I mean, Steve Harvey is actually meeting with Donald Trump to discuss how to make our community better, right? And, and there are drug dealers having meetings with other drug dealers on your block, in your community, that you say hi to every day and have no problem with whatsoever. But these people are, are horrible people for having a meeting, for having a meeting. With, with, with the president. Let me explain something to you guys. If, if Martin Luther King was alive today, he would meet with Donald Trump. Okay? If Malcolm X was alive, he would meet with Donald Trump. He would meet with Barack Obama. He would meet with not, it's not about the person, it's about the office. It's about the president. If you are an activist, you, you know, you, you, and you want to have an event, you know what I mean? Like even Barack Obama, like he was a community organizer. If he was organizing an event and the president said, okay, well, you know, what are you trying to do here? Well, come on, come, come to the White House. I want, I want you to tell me what you want to do. What are you trying to organize over in Chicago? What's your goal? Come talk to me. Let's have lunch. Let's talk about how I can help out. Barack Obama at that time would have met with Donald Trump. Anyone in their right mind who is, is you know, serious, and positive about bringing about change is going to meet with the highest person, you know, they possible, even if it's just for publicity surrounding whatever it is that they're passionate about, they're going to meet with that person. That doesn't mean you have to sell your soul. doesn't mean you have to, you know, coon it up and, oh, yuck it up. Oh, yeah, yeah you're my best friend. This and that. No, it's not about that. It's about let's have a meeting. And that's what was done. And I think that that's and first of all, first people don't really know what was done. To be honest with you, no one was there. The cameras were. No one knows exactly what was discussed. So you know, if anything, let's hear about what was said. What what comes out of that? That's what I'm more interested in. You know, now if it, if it ends up being nothing, if it ends up being just a publicity stunt, then I can say, okay, well that probably wasn't necessary. But if some actual good comes out of it, I'm cool with that. You know, I mean, and again, I don't agree with everything that Donald Trump is doing, you know, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, there are people out here, I'll say it like this, there are people out here who literally have no agenda other than to be negative, okay? That, that's what they're, like, it's like, okay, they don't, there are people who don't even know anything about what Donald Trump is doing. He's signing a lot of executive orders, which some people know about, other most people don't, they have no idea what he's doing. They're not watching the speeches. They're not following the legislature. You know what I'm saying? They're just, you know, just negative on social media. And it's like, what are you doing? You understand? And, and what would you like even ask? What would you like to see him do? And most people can't even articulate. You know, or the, or the, the very few people who have articulated what they would like to see him do, 
it's, it's, you know, it's like stuff that's totally, they're like, I want him to die. You know what I'm saying? Or I want him to just do something like totally unrealistic. It's like, okay, do you, do you understand how politics works? You know? And so, you know, it kind of is what it is. So I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about a lot of other stuff. Um, in fact, you know, real quick before we get off Martin Luther King Day, I was reading the news and they said eight people were shot during an MLK celebration in Miami. Right? I mean, it, it went in Miami, what, eight people. How the heck do you shoot people at, at an actual MLK celebration? How do you riot and protest, violent protests on Martin Luther King Day? You know, people want to embrace the, the protest aspect of it, but they don't want to embrace the Christian aspect of, of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They don't want to embrace the peaceful nature of Dr. Martin Luther King. He wasn't the one out there rioting and, you know, burning cars and breaking windows of, of banks and CVSs and rioting and looting. Like, all that stuff is not what he did. It's not what Malcolm X did. It's not what any great leader has done. That's just what niggas do. And the reality is we have a bunch of niggas, ignorant niggas, nothing but niggas. A lot of people don't like that word. I use the word when it's applicable. But that if you're burning stuff, if you're rioting and you're looting and you're committing crimes, well, guess what? That's what you are, a nigger, okay? And so what we have to do, you know, I said online, is that start focusing on the issues that we actually have a chance to address within our community, okay, our own community, not, you know, the white community, not like our, I'm talking about our community, where we live, where we can make a difference, the schools, the, the hoods, the community centers, the, you know, police athletic leagues, the recreational centers, whatever it is, let's actually start doing some service. I'm actually the director, uh, recently elected director of social action for my chapter uh, of, of Phi Beta Sigma, my graduate chapter. And, you know, over the next year, I'm going to be doing a lot of different things. Last two years, I was the director of education, you know, just really trying to make a difference. So I'm not saying that, you know, in a braggadocious way. I'm saying that, like, if you're going to complain, actually do something, get involved actually make some changes, make make a difference. All right. So that's that's what we have to do from on a on a large scale. Um, you know, I should say on a more personal level, on a more individual level, but on a large scale, one of the things that I said online is that should not be bullied, people should not be intimidated, harassed, or discriminated against because of their political beliefs and preferences. I said that I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican, independent. I really don't care if you didn't vote at all, to be quite honest with you. You know what I mean? You do, I don't judge people. Like you, People have a decision to make. You, there's an election. You choose not to vote. Hey, that's your decision. You know what I mean? That's your decision. If you choose to vote for Barack Obama, if you choose to vote for Donald Trump, that's your decision. Our ancestors fought and died for us to have the right they fought and died for us to have the choice to vote. And there are so many negative individuals out here who, for whatever reason, feel like they have an, a, a right to judge and determine who you should be passionate about. If so, I don't care. Chrisette Michelle just performed. She performed at the inauguration. She didn't say, I'm a Trump supporter. 
She didn't say, oh, that's, that's my best friend. I'm missing that. Although if she did, that would, again, that would be her right. But this is someone who said, look, I want to just perform here. And I'll talk more about, you know, what her reasoning for that is. But that's people's right. You know, it's not your business who I vote for. It's not my business who you vote for. You know, everyone has a right, and they should not be bullied or intimidated, harassed, or discriminated against. I said, honestly, I'm more concerned if you're a Christian, right? I mean, I'm more concerned if you love Jesus. That's what I said a lot. I said, I, that's what people should be more passionate about. It's like, look, if we're Christians, you know, we should be trying to spread the gospel. Let's let's figure out, do you know God? If not, how can I introduce you to him? And that's that's and like, come on, can we can I be honest for a little bit? The reason that people are so mad, you know, social media in the streets, you know, protesting. I mean, the, I mean, really think about this. The real reason is that people don't have Jesus Christ in their life. People have allowed their spiritual needs to fall by the wayside, and they have embraced the media's agenda of putting race over religion. They have allowed the media to negatively influence them on the church, you know, and convince them that the church is bad. I mean, look at Kirk Franklin's sellout. His last album is called Losing My Religion. He, I saw, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. He did a whole interview on how he wants people to lose their religion, stop being so religious. It's, it's all an agenda. And what the government does, what the media does, is they use these key people, whether it's entertainers, politicians, you know, presidents, to influence people away from the church. I mean, come on, guys. Really, I haven't talked about this for a while, but really think about it. Everyone loves Barack Obama, right? But if you really think about this stuff, I mean, this guy has really been passionate about gay rights, homosexuality, and I've watched it happen. I mean, this was, it was not like this 10 years ago. Before Barack Obama, you would be, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone who was active in any church who would have supported legislation on a large scale publicly that supported gay rights and homosexuality. You would you just did not see it. You didn't see past. In fact, pastors actually preached out against it. They were and certainly were publicly against it. You know whether it came from for voting rights. And I mean, just everything. Like it it was not accepted like it is now. And now it's not only is it accepted, but it's become popular. The homosexuality piece has become you know widely accepted in the church, outside the church. And and people love him for it. And the reality is there's, there is no one, I said this a lot, there is, is no one, you know, that I can think of, president, senator, whoever, who could have gone into churches and gotten the black church collectively to support his agenda for marriage equality and gay rights. You know, it, it just couldn't happen. There's a reason why they chose him. There's a reason, even this health care thing. I mean, people don't understand that you know, and I'll talk. More, I want to talk more about that a little bit later. But there is no one else who could have convinced the people, the lower, the lower class and middle class, that you are now required to have health care. 
And if you choose not to, you will be penalized for it. You will be fined for it. It's all I've taken many marketing classes, you know, and so, yes, it's being spun, it's being presented, and, yes, there are certain benefits that, you know, you will, like if you, if you didn't have health care before and now you have it, okay, there will be certain, obviously there's a benefit to that. But a lot of people, they, they made a conscious decision to not have health care. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, okay, if I get hurt, I'll go to the emergency room and I'll pay whatever I got to pay, and that's just what it is. But now, y'all don't know if you will realize, and the media darn sure won't tell you this, but you're now being forced to have, have health care under Obamacare. And I think that's what, um, that's the main thing that, you know, I was, uh, that I'm passionate about is that where, uh, where is it at? I have it on here. I want to write, read exactly what I, what I said. I said that I believe that United States citizens should have control over their health care decisions, not the government. I said that I definitely don't believe that United States citizens should be fined for not wanting the government to control their health care decisions. Billionaire government bureaucrats should not be the ones profiting from our health care decisions, which is exactly what's happening now. And so does that mean that Obamacare in and of itself is, is a bad thing? But for me, and I, I believe I know many other individuals who are against it, let that decision be ours. Don't and if, and if you, you know, fine, you want to give me health care, that's fine. Let's have you. See, a lot of people understand Obamacare is not universal health care. It's not universal. Let's just have there are there are countries that have universal health care that is just automatically, you know what I'm saying, taken out of your tax and you're just given it, and that's just what it is. But when you say I'm going to fine you if you choose not to participate in this, then that's not, you know, that's just the government. It's a bigger government. You know, the iron, one of the one of the platforms of of uh, Obama's, you know, running in 08 was have a smaller government. He won. We historically had a big government, a large government with a lot of control over the people. Well, people like Bernie Sanders and and the, and the platform that Barack Obama ran on was we want to have a smaller government. We don't want the government to control as many things. But now here we have Obamacare, which in essence is forcing the government's will on us. You know what I mean? And, and the people who benefit from that are the people who were largely responsible for, you know, Obama had receiving more campaign contribution dollars than any presidential candidate in the history, you know, of this of this country. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, you know, how I feel about that. But again, regardless how you feel, no one should be harassed, discriminated, or intimidated based on their political, you know, beliefs. You know, one of the things I said online, so that's what I was saying, as far as what you're seeing, you're seeing people turning away from God. You're seeing people, their passion used to be in the church. Their passion used to be in God. Now their passion is on whatever the media tells you you should be passionate about, whether that's Trayvon Martin, whether that's, you know, someone else who gets shot, whether that's, you know, Donald Trump. But there were all, you ever noticed, you know, the with the media, it, it's, you know, it's big business. Advertising is big business. And so if you, in order to have success in any advertising you know, the business, there has to be popularity. There has to be some type of, you know, story 
You know, if if you Empire is a highly rated show, so advertiser advertisers pay a lot of money to advertise during Empire. I'm just using that as an example. Well, if Empire was a boring show with no drama, the ratings wouldn't be high, and advertisers wouldn't have to pay as much money. What's happening is with with these news stories, you know, people like CNN and NBC. Well, there always has to be a popular story on the front page. Well. Who who is the most popular person right now, or I should say most talked about person right now? Well, it's Donald Trump. And so if it's all if everything is about money, well, let's just keep Donald Trump in the news so that we can continue to have these advertising dollars just keep pouring and pouring in. You know? That's how that stuff goes. And one of the things I said online is that you know, if you're one of those people, and there are a lot of them, but if you're one of those people who's literally been mad every day since November 8th, I said I said this on a Sunday morning, I said, take your butt to church this morning and invite the Holy Spirit into your life so that you can receive the joy of the Lord. And I don't mean that in a, in a cliche type of way, but I, re- I literally mean that, like, if you're mad, literally ask God, like, yo, take away this anger. Because see, I'm not mad about Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? I I wouldn't have been mad for real for if Hillary Clinton won. I wouldn't I don't I don't support her. But I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be talking about Hillary Clinton, you know, a month later, two months later. So I mean and but yet there are people out here who are literally still mad. And the political process has that great of an effect on them. They don't have the joy of the Lord on. I mean, just look at their Facebook. I mean, that's obvious they don't. That's what I'm saying. So if you if that's you, then just understand that there's a problem and that needs to be you know fixed. You need to take that to God. When I when I posted that, there was a scripture that came to mind. I wanted to share it with you. It's from Psalm Psalms one eighteen six that says, "The Lord is on my side; I will fear not. What can man do unto me?" And I, I thought that that scripture was interesting because, you know, when you look around, you know, you hear so many different people, many of them Christians, church leaders, you know, quote, unquote, you know, positive people. But they're talking about how afraid they are of Donald Trump, a Donald Trump administration. And I, and I just think about this scripture. Well, first of all, if the Lord is on your side, what do you have to be afraid of? And then it goes on to say, what can man do unto me? Right? Like, and that's the mentality that I have. I mean, and you can look at it from two different ways. I mean, on one hand, what can man do do to you when God is on your side? Okay, that's it from a spiritual standpoint. You know, obviously God has your back. But then from a, you know, just an everyday standpoint, you look around. And I said online, I said that a black man in this country, and really follow me on this, a black man has been shot and killed by another black man every day since the election. So let me just let that sink in for a second. Since everyone is so mad about Donald Trump's election on November 8th, every day since then, 
a black man has been shot and killed by another black man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people are mad about Donald Trump. I, I said that we need to not focus so much on politics and put more energy into policing our own neighborhoods, which are in piss poor shape. That's the truth. There's not anyone that can disagree with that. I mean, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, I would think, I would think, and, you know, and it makes me more mad to hear of a black man shooting and killing another black man than anything Donald Trump could possibly do. It's impossible. Listen to what I'm saying. It's impossible for Donald Trump to do something that's worse than a black man killing another black man. It's impossible. Unless you see Donald Trump picking up a gun and going to these hoods, robbing and killing people, he's not worse than some of these niggas lurking on the corner waiting for you when you, you know, when you're dropping off your kids or they're picking up your kids from school or you're, you know, going to a friend's house, preying upon you to snatch your purse, to rape you in an alley. And there's nothing Donald Trump is doing that's worse than with the things that are happening every single day. You know, someone getting into a car, rolling down the windows, and opening fire with an automatic, an illegal automatic weapon, aiming at someone but mistakenly hitting, you know, a five-year-old girl, which happens on a fairly regular basis here in this country, in these hoods. I'm pretty sure, actually I'm 100% sure, there's nothing Donald Trump can do, has done or will do, that is worse than these niggas riding around with Uzis Shooting five-year-old girls, and if I, and if I'm you know if you feel like I'm wrong, you know what I mean. Let me know. But there's nothing again, nothing. Done, I think I'm because people need to understand that everything else is secondary. Politics is secondary when lives in our own communities are being lost daily. The Bible says in First John four twenty, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, then he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, who he has not seen. So when I think of that scripture, and I think about not so much about the people in the hood, because those are 90% of the time the people riding around with the Uzis and the automatic guns shooting and killing people, those are people who take, you know, most don't really love God, they're not, spiritual believers, but my issue from this perspective is regarding, you know, people in the church, you know, people who actually profess their love for God, but literally hate Donald Trump supporters, you know what I mean? They literally hate people who meet with Donald Trump. They literally hate people who support Donald Trump, and that is a direct contradiction to what First John 4.20 says. And, you know, if you really look at it, it says, I love God, but it says, and hates his brother, and that person is a liar. But maybe what if we, what if we inserted and hates his Trump supporter instead of brother? What if we did that? Then, then, it would be, then you would see. But it's really the same thing. You can't say, I love God, but I hate the Donald Trump supporter. That makes that person a liar, right? And it says, and he who does not love his brother 
or he who does not love the Trump supporter whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. See, it's not so comfortable when we change the word, but the reality is it's still applicable. Your brother doesn't mean that you agree with him and his political views. doesn't mean that you agree with everything that he has going on, you know, but you still have, that means your brother, like your common man, your common woman. You can't hate someone but love God. So just think about that. Now, I look online. I want to just talk about you know, a few things real quick. <laughs> this is fun. I call them the, the, the Facebook or the social media scholars. you got these weirdos out here, and there's, there's so many weirdos out here, so many losers on social media. I, I, I call them the social media scholars claiming to be the most woke. I want to talk about this word. I, mean, I don't know who came up with this term, I'm awake. You know, woke. What the heck does that even mean? Woke about what? I said 99% of the people claiming to be woke are 100% clueless about how the world and specifically the United States government are really structured. But not even just the government, but the entertainment industry, you know, the government, you know, politics, just everything. You know, people act like they know what's going on, but they don't understand what a lot of these satanic symbols mean. They don't understand when they're looking at a television show, they see various things. They don't understand what that. They think it's, oh, that's just entertainment. Mm -hmm. No. They don't understand what the, the, the agenda of the government. They don't understand the agenda of the mainstream media specifically structured to divide us. They don't understand, you know, any of that. They say, in fact, they take it as gospel. And I, and I say, but, but you call yourself woke? Woke? You're the most clueless people out there. You know? One of the things I said online is that I said contrary to popular belief and heightened by media propaganda, the government didn't just automatically become good when Barack Obama took off. You know, everyone's been talking about this this speech that he gave. You know, oh my gosh, I'm gonna miss it's it's I've never seen anything like this. I mean it's no disrespect to anybody, but um it, it's a lot of it is ridiculous. You know, it's just like okay, fine, you like somebody, you think someone did a good job. Okay, it's politics, cool. This was a, like Bill Clinton. You know, it's like okay, he was generally regarded as a good president, but you didn't see people crying when he left off. You didn't see people like going crazy you know, changing their profile pictures or anything crazy like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get an Obama bumper sticker, put it on my new, brand-new car. Like, come on. I said that I said that the government, guys, didn't just become good, you know, when Obama took office. And I said that just like it won't all of a sudden become, quote, unquote, bad when Donald Trump takes office and he gets going. I said the United States government has always been racist. You know, you look at, I mean, this is the same government that made provisions for slavery, that put in actual laws in, into effect that made slavery okay and, and wide, widely accepted. It had a serious problem even letting it go. This is the government that, that, that did that. It, the, this country was founded upon racist ideals and principles, discriminatory ideals and principles. 
I said um, it's very corrupt. Ninety percent of these politicians are corrupt. The entire Democratic National Committee was was proven to be corrupt. You know, with these emails and, and the you know the stuff that was leaked. I mean, that, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schwartz or Schultz was forced to to quit. It, you know, um, the the black lady I forget her name, but you know what I mean. Feed, feeding. Uh, it's on the tip of my, my tongue, feeding you know, questions during the debates to Hillary Clinton, cheating, and you know, just crazy stuff. You know, and a lot of stuff going on on both sides. So the government, guys, is not good. It is not good. It hasn't been good. It won't be good. It's not supposed to be good. I said regardless who's president, and it, and it amazes me that for some reason people think that Obama is an exception to the system, right? I mean, it's like, okay, you, you'll even hear people say, well, all presidents, all politicians lie. It's like, okay, but what? So what lies has Obama told? Why? Well, he doesn't lie. That's everybody else. It's like, what? What do you, what do you mean? Wait, so all politicians lie. All presidents have some level of corruption except Obama. It's like, well, okay, like that doesn't make any sense president before him, every president after him, except him, he's different? It's, that's crazy. I said, uh, one thing that's funny, I found it funny, it's this whole thing about Obama, and again, you like him, you like him, you voted for him, you vote, I mean, but just understand what it is. Just understand that, that, that presidents, guys, are, are bought. I think a lot of people don't really understand. It's like, it's like if you sponsor someone, if you have, I don't know, like, or it's like a radio station. If you're a DJ, right, you work for Power 99 here in Philadelphia, Hot 97 New York, it doesn't matter. If, you, if you're an on-air personality for the radio station, yeah, you may express your opinions, but please understand that, that if those, those opinions, you can't say whatever you want to say, because you ever heard of radio personalities being fired or suspended or, or whatever, Don Imus or, you know, uh, whoever. If you say certain things, you will be fired. If you express certain views that don't mesh with the, the, the views of the sponsors, the people who put you into that position, you will be removed from that position, right? And so people need to understand that presidents are the same way. Presidents work and are sponsored by the people who are donating and lobbying, you know, and contributing billions and billions of dollars, whether it's through their campaign, whether it's through other interests that they've already, you know, set aside that this is, okay, this is what we want you to do. So based on that, we're going to put you in this position. Obama is doing the bidding of the people who are pulling his strings the same way. George Bush, W, you know, was doing the bidding of of the people pulling his strings with this whole Iraq war in Iraq. And, and no disrespect to anybody, no disrespect. But if you still think, if you're someone who who really thinks that nine eleven was about quote unquote terrorism, don't please don't talk to me about being woke, okay? Because you're clueless. Okay, 
that was, I mean, just do some research because the reason it's, it's just follow the money trail. It's, the information is so widely out there. It's not even funny, but people really think that and don't understand that the United States, the United States government does business with quote unquote terrorists. The United States government is responsible for 90% of the things that happen in this country that we blame on other people and, and as well as around the world. You know, it's not a coincidence that we ended up basically invading Iraq as a response to 9-11, right? Afghanistan, Iraq, like that was the quote-unquote reason that we did it, weapons of mass destruction. Well, where were the weapons of mass destruction? Right? It was, it's widely understood that that was a lie, and it was a false pretense of invading that country because we wanted their oil, we wanted that territory. So there had to be a reason to do that. That was, you know, and then once we destroy something, well, you have to rebuild it. And this is, I don't want to go too deep into it just in the interest of time, but, you know, there are military contracts, defense contracts, construction contracts. All of these people are benefiting. People have made, you know how much money has been made from this quote-unquote war in Iraq, this war in Afghanistan, defense contractors, missiles, people who make the weapons. We've been in war nonstop for the last 10 years. I mean, you know, longer than that. In fact, we're always at war if you really look at it. What was the time we weren't at war? And so the people responsible, the people who are making those billions are the ones, the reason why Obama didn't leave Afghanistan when he said he was going to, why we're over in Syria and all this other stuff around the world. It's, it's, you know, there always is going to be a war because the people behind the scenes want, those, want that money to stop coming in. If the war stops, the money stops. And most people don't understand that. Now, you can't have a war without, quote, unquote, terrorists. But I don't want to get too deep on that. But, that's, but again, you know, that's what's going on. And, you know, just like Obama, I mean, Bush was complacent, or excuse me, complicit, you know, in, in these, in that whole scheme, it's, it's a scheme of, it's how the United States is run. Please don't think that Obama is just so naive and so innocent that he doesn't know about anything, anything that's going on. All that, that George Bush did, all that stuff that, you know, Nixon and everyone else who's quote unquote wrong or bad or evil, or whatever you want to call them, please don't think that Obama is just this, you know, he's just totally aloof, you know what I mean, from everything that's that's happening within the government. And he has this agenda to stop it and to change it. Guys, I'm just, you know what happens to people who go outside of the government structure. People think Martin Luther King was killed because of civil rights. You know, excuse me, excuse, let me, let me, let me clarify that. People think that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed because of race. They think that he was killed for fighting for the rights of African Americans. No, no, no. For, I mean, uh, Martin Luther King was actually wasn't killed until he started speaking about economics. He wasn't killed in, until he started encouraging changing of the economic structure, not the civil rights structure. That was going to happen regardless. You know, we, you know, for the slavery, civil rights era, you know, Jim Crow civil rights, you know, it was apparent that, you know, things are changing. Things were the natural progression. Don't get me wrong. 
there were many different people who brought about that change or helped to bring about that change. But, you know, at the end of the day, that was going to happen. It was a natural evolution. But when Martin Luther King started talking about changing the, the economic structure that exists from the impoverished to the middle class to the upper class and, and evening that out and encouraging people in lower economic you know, structures to fight for more and to change that structure and to blend it, or blend it in a little bit more so there wasn't as much of a difference between the lower and middle class, wasn't much of a difference between the middle and upper class. That's when he got a bullet in the head. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, and we, we have to understand. I'm just, I, people need to understand that true change, you can't, you can't change something that's not meant to be changed, okay? And 99.9% and of the time, the people claiming to want to change something are often the most corrupt and the most passionate about making them making certain things stay the same or changing things that shouldn't be changed. We've seen, I've seen a change over the last eight years. Not even that. I've seen a change over the last ten years. He was a senator for, for two years prior to that. I've seen a lot of changes. I've seen a ridiculous increase in the acceptance of, of homosexuality and the gay agenda and transgenderism and I mean, all types of stuff that I didn't, never would expect to see. You know, so that's not the type of change that I was hoping for. Um, abortion, you know, um, and hopefully people will go out and support the pro-life, the March for Life today. I believe it's today. Everyone went out and supported the women's, you know, rights, to, you know, the women's march, which was cool last weekend. Let's get out there and support these uh, these babies, these fetuses. You know, yeah, man. But uh, you know, the government is not for us. It has been, always had, will be racist, corrupt, no matter who is sitting in the Oval Office. You know, people want to feel like Donald Trump is a racist. Okay, you know, that's, that's your prerogative. But don't think that pulling Obama's strings aren't racist. Don't have racist, a racist agenda. That's, that's what I want people to understand. One of the things I said online is that I said shout out to all the people who didn't vote in 2008, 2012, or 2016, but are talking about how much they're going to miss Obama once he's gone and wish that he could have another four years. This is an interesting thing about it. Like, you know, you can't, I, I don't really care. Like I told you earlier, I don't care if you vote. I don't care who you vote for. But if you're one of those people talking about, oh, my gosh, you're supposed to vote and this and that, and I'm so pissed off that Donald Trump is president. I, I love Barack Obama. Well, I remember back in, well, every two years, every, you know, every midterm election, Obama got on these shows and, and, and campaigned and talked, you know, traveled the country, you know, begging, practically begging the same people who voted for him to vote these local elections because that had so much influence on the laws and the, the, you know, the, the Congress and the House of Representatives, you know, and, and the reality is we let, or not, I can't say we because I don't support them, but, you know, Democrats and people who, you know, claim to love Obama didn't support him in these elections. And Barack Obama personally endorsed Hillary Clinton, and you love Obama, 
but didn't vote for Clinton, it's like, how much do you really love Obama? That's where you get the hypocrisy. That's where you get these fake supporters. How do you claim to support someone, but only half of the the country voted? All those people who are protesting, all those people who, quote, unquote, love Obama, who are crying during his speech, you didn't vote. All those people who are upset didn't vote in the midterm election. That's why the Republicans gained control of the of the House. Right? I mean, there's no other reason for it. And that you can't be hip- hypocritical. You know? The, over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of conversation about uh, Kim Burrell. Right? Gospel singer, pastor. You know, she, she and I haven't spoken about it. I know it was a little while ago this, this all happened, but I've been kind of waiting to talk about it. But she she has been hated and, and attacked and bashed for speaking out against gay rights, you know, for speaking out against, or excuse me, or, you know, condemning just homosexuality. You know, she, she referred to it as uh, perverted, um, unnatural. And as a result of that, she's been, like I said, she's been attacked. Um, her radio show had been canceled, has been canceled. And um, this is someone who, who is generally, you know, pretty much loved by the gospel community. But now she's been attacked. And my, my question is, I said online, I said, so, so, so Barack Obama is loved for standing up for gay rights, right? I mean, that, you think, I mean, you figure what, or what are the main things that he did? People probably say either health care or marriage equality. Those would be like the, the two things that most people remember about his, his presidency. So marriage equality. Barack Obama is loved for standing up for gay rights, but Kim Burrell is hated for standing up for what the Bible says is right. I said that we live in a backwards society. How is that okay? I mean, does anyone have an answer to that question? How How is Obama loved by Christians, Right? Loved by Christians for standing up for for gay rights, but he is, but she is hated for standing up for the Bible. How is that okay? How does that make sense? You know, one of the things that people they they called her a bigot. Manny Pacquiao was, you know, he, he was he's a bigot. They say he's a bigot. Why? Because he said he doesn't support homosexuality. You know, he's homophobic. She's homophobic. And I said, well, I asked the question online. I said, well, since when does being a Christian who defends the Bible make you a bigot? Right? I mean, like, when does, how does that happen? You know, being a Christian is being a Christian. It's following the teachings of Christ, following the teachings of the Bible. So that, that makes you a bigot? That makes you homophobic? Well, what are you afraid of? What is Kim Burrell afraid of? Homosexuals? No. I, what is Manny Pacquiao afraid of? Gays? No. People, these people, Christians, are called to have a fear of of God. Have hear people say they have a fear of God? You know, and if you look at the Old Testament, you definitely understand that. You understand why people have a fear of God. You know, so being a Christian doesn't make you a bigot. 
it doesn't make you homophobic. And I would like to see more people standing up for what the Bible says, not what these celebrities say. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, we look around and we and we 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 latch on to whatever is popular. We latch on to whatever is cool. You know, and, and you know, back in the day, you know, Jesse Jesse Jackson was criticized. He said regarding that, that faith based stuff. He really said shit. He said this faith based shit. He said, make, you know, he said Barack be, uh, you know, pandering to the black community. He said, you know, with this faith based stuff. He said, you know, makes him want to cut his nuts off. And you know, I remember back in way I, I was like, wow, that's kind of harsh. That kind of like, he's a hater. You know, Jesse Jackson is a hater. He wants to be saying it. But now he said that's what he said. Barack be talking down to us. You know, and I and I told I told you guys then I said I didn't understand that then. You know, I said you know even when I looked at people like Michael Eric Dyson, when I looked at people like Cornell West, when I looked at people like Tavis Smiley criticizing him, some of the most respected uh, minds, you know, in the black community when they would criticize Obama, you know, I, I back then I oh they're haters. You know, I said but in 2017 my eyes are wide open. And I owe those brothers an apology because their assessments of Barack Obama's presidency in regards to the black community and the church were 100% correct. You know, I mean, we look at, you know, if you are, if you yourself, I, I can see if you say, you know what, I'm going to be a president and I'm going to be a president for everybody and I'm going to not, I'm not a Christian. You know, I don't identify with a religion. You know, then it's like okay, fine. You're not you're not religious. Like I, even Donald Trump, like I I respect his decisions. You know, I don't necessarily agree with his decisions, but one of the, a lot of the decisions that he makes, I respect because he's not he's not. I mean, you know, you could say oh, he's a Christian, but he's not like obviously he's not making decisions based on his spiritual faith. You know, whereas you got people like Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz, like they'll tell you straight up. I, because in my tense, because of my spiritual beliefs, my beliefs as a Christian, this is why I'm voting this way. This is why I feel this way. You know, based specifically based on my religious beliefs. You know, I will not support this because of my religious beliefs. I support this because, of, you know what I mean? Whereas Barack Obama, you know, even Hillary Clinton, they will tell you, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but. But do you know anything about journalism? You know, but can be viewed as a as the second part of a sentence, you know, it's it doesn't it can you can either put a period there, or you can put but there. But can often be replaced with a period and vice versa, you know, depending on how you want to construct the sentence. And so, you can't say I'm a Christian, but there is no but there is no period. That's the end of the sentence. There, it should be. You know, I'm a Christian. Period. It's not I'm a Christian, but I support homosexuality. There is no but. That's that's an oxymoron. You can't be a Christian and support homosexuality. You know, it's it, it, you can, it doesn't. That's like a Muslim supporting eating pork. A Muslim, a Muslim who specifically says, well, you don't need to pray five times a day. Well, if you're a Muslim, then you don't eat pork. If you're a Muslim, you one of the the foundation, the pillars of Islam is to pray five times a day. So how are you a Muslim but you don't pray you don't think it's okay or you think it's okay to not pray five times a day. Now you may or may not do that, 
But for you to say, as a Muslim, it's okay to not pray five times a day, well, then you ain't a Muslim, right? If you're a Muslim saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm a Muslim, but guess what? I don't have a problem with eating swine. Now, if you look at that person like, yeah, you're a fake Muslim. You're not a Muslim, right? What kind of Muslim eats pork? What kind of Muslim thinks it's okay to not pray five times a day? The same way you can make those statements is the same way you can make the statement of what kind of Christian supports homosexuality? What kind of Christian supports gay rights? It doesn't work that way because of the Bible. The Bible specifically says, and there's certain teachings specifically on homosexuality, man shall not lay with a man as he lays with a woman. It's not okay. You know? And so you can't pander, you know, for votes. You can't sacrifice your spirituality. You can't, on one hand, say I'm a Christian to go into these churches, these votes, but then outside of the church say, oh, you know what, I'm all for homosexuality and gay rights. That's playing both sides. So I understand why Jesse Jackson said, you know, what he said. John Lewis called Donald Trump illegitimate. He's an illegitimate uh, president. And And so Donald Trump responded, and there's been this whole big back and forth. I said, why isn't that you? Why you think Donald Trump is illegitimate, but not Barack Obama? I won't even go there. But I'll say this about I mentioned I would talk about. You know, you can't call someone illegitimate when they win a presidency based on the the structure that you have put in place. Like if you're a congressman, right? If you're in like that's your elect you are in the government. And the government has outlined a particular process for how they're gonna elect the president and someone goes through that process well then and they come out victorious. You may not like that person, you may not support that person, but you can't say that person is illegitimate. You know, I mean, he, Donald Trump won the race. These people say he's not my president. How is he not your president? That makes no sense. He's the, you, if you live in the United States, then guess what? Your president is whoever is in the Oval Office, whether that's Barack Obama. I mean, you don't have a choice. People sound so stupid. And I mean, no disrespect, but people really sound stupid when they say that. Donald Trump is your president. You don't have to like it, but he's my president. I don't. I live here. That's like going to your job. You're not my boss. Like my daughter says, you're not my father. You're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do you mean? And she doesn't say that, but you know what I mean? If she did, that would be crazy. You don't have to like me. That's what you say. You're mean. You're mean, daddy. Okay. I can be mean. I'm still your father. Like, you still got to go to work. Oh, you're not my boss. Okay. All right, well, this is not your paycheck. You know what I mean? Now, Donald Trump is the president, so he's not illegitimate. You know, he may be disliked, but he's the president. And I think the sooner that people – I'm not even saying rally around him. You don't have to rally around someone. But, again, don't allow his presidency to cause you to lose focus on the real problem at hand. One of the things I said online is um, – you know, it's funny. It's one of the most ironic and – 
ridiculous things ever. You know, I was looking at, you know, look at people like, who you don't even hear about anymore, Edward Snowden. I posted online. There's a movie on that. I still want to watch it. Uh, it says Edward Snowden, uh, he exposed the lies, right? You know, I don't know if you guys know, but he exposed the lies, corruption, and the illegal spying on U.S. citizens by Barack Obama, the NSA, and other government agencies. And because he did that, he remains an international fugitive to, who has been given, you know, uh, citizenship over in Russia. All right? That's what's happened. But if anyone knows, like, what he did, that was around a time where there was so much corruption and all this illegal spying that the United States government was doing and is doing. Edward Snowden blew the whistle on that. Okay, he revealed secrets, he committed quote-unquote treason, and as a result of that, he had to flee the country. But the reality is that, you know, these things are still going on, and people are more concerned, oh, he's a traitor, than okay, like, he revealed, he actually revealed crimes and corruption. It's kind of like people are like, oh, Donald Trump is working with the Russians, the Russians, you know, leaked all this information, they hacked in into the emails that are behind it. It's like, are you more mad that the Russians did it? You know what I'm saying? They revealed stuff? Or are you mad that Hillary Clinton is a liar? Are you mad that the, the actual DNC was revealed to be corrupt? It's like, don't be mad at Russia. Like, don't be mad at people who actually reveal. That's like being mad at your best friend for, for finding out that your boyfriend and your husband was cheating on you. Don't be mad at her. Be mad at your husband for cheating. That's what, be, be mad at the right person. Don't be mad at the source. Be mad at the result. So I said, okay, so Edward Snowden is kicked out, right? I said, meanwhile, this is amazing. I said, transgender whistleblower, same thing, uh, convicted felon, Chelsea Manning, has had his slash her sentence commuted by Obama against the advice of just about every intelligence advisor, including United States Secretary of Defense, Ash Carter. I said that, in fact, Obama has commuted more criminal sentences than any president in history. Let's just focus on that for a minute. Snowden reveals the lies and the corruption of the United States government during the time of Barack Obama in, in office, He's a criminal. He's a fugitive internationally for the rest of his life. However, Chelsea Manning reveals the same type of information, other classified information, but Obama pardons her, and, and, and this person, this transgender, is going to be released shortly. Does, does that seem like, does something seem wrong with that? I mean, of all the people, I mean, Mumia Abu-Jamal is still on death row, right? And if anyone knows about Mumia, there's a huge free Mumia, you know, movement that's been going on, you know, this whole time. Obama did not do a darn thing for Trayvon Martin. He didn't do a darn thing for really anyone, anyone you can name who, I mean, he did not do anything for. You know what I'm saying? Not, not one thing. You know, that's hence all these riots, hence 
the lack of quote unquote justice in the in the system. You know, the president did not do anything for these things. But but Chelsea Manning, the transgender Chelsea Manning has her sentence commuted by Barack Obama. I said that hopefully this new president, this new administration will show less favoritism, tougher on crime, not more lenient. You know, Obama left office with, a, I think they said, a 60% approval rating, which is one of the highest in history. I, I, well, I guess so. You know what I mean? What, what, what have you done? You know, I, excuse me, not, not what have you done, because he's done some things. But what have you done to, to piss people off? Because what people need to understand is that the truth is going to hurt. You know, when you try, when you just do things to please people, then you're not really helping them. And we live in a society where things are bad. And the reality is for things to really get better, you're going to have to piss some people off. If you're going to help, truly help the lower class, the black community, then you're going to piss off your billionaire bureaucrat constituents, right? I mean, that's how that works, who, who, who those people control the media, you know? So if you, if you really want to help the black community, like truly help us, like give the money that you just sent over to Palestine, if you really want to help, then you're going to piss off the people who are pulling your strings, you know? And if you really want to make some change, I mean, so that's how it goes. And so I guess so, you know, I guess there's going to be a high approval rate. But I'd like to see, you know, us be tougher on crime. Um, I'd like to see less, you know, just less, less favoritism. Let's, let's be more tough. You know, let's, I mean, the irony with that is Obama actually deported more immigrants than any, any president in history, you know. And so when you look at, when I, when, you know, I talk a lot about the community, right, I talk a lot about the community, the black community specifically. I said, when you look at the inner cities around the country, you know, if, if you're really, if, if Donald Trump or whoever is going to make a change, we've got to start the conversation, right? We've got to start the conversation. And, and you know, everyone's been talking about this whole Steve Harvey thing. One of the things I said online, I said that we need as much help as we can get. This administration needs as much help as it can get. There's a lot of talk around, oh, Donald Trump is racist, he doesn't, you know, care about this, and actually like the fact. So if, if I was him, I would say, hmm, I don't want to be called a racist. I don't want to be, you know, viewed this way, so what can I do? Well, let me go to, I'm not saying that his intention, I don't know his intentions, to be quite honest with you, but I'm saying what I would do if I was him. I'd say, all right, well, who, who has, who's, who has the biggest voice? in the black community. Who who is it? Well, it, it it's Steve Harvey. Right? I mean Steve Harvey has a, a you know a national nationally syndicated radio show that's seen by or excuse me, heard by millions of people. I think like twelve million probably more I don't have no idea actually at this point. I know at one point it was at least eleven, twelve million. Like probably more than that at this point. Um he's the most popular radio show host, talk show host. Now he has a, a daytime talk show. So he has he's a best selling author. He has movies out. He's a comedian. 
He has following, millions and millions and millions of followers in different markets. So if I want to, if I'm Donald Trump and I want to make an effort, again, I don't know how genuine the effort is or what the motives behind that are, but if that's what my, let's just say hypothetically it's genuine and he genuinely has a, 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 you know, a plan on helping our community, well, then you got it. You don't necessarily go directly to the politician. If I was him, I would go to whoever had the loudest voice and the most influence. You know, I would go to a, a someone like Steve Harvey, you know, whether it's Kanye West or, I mean, you're going to go to the most popular people. You know, does that mean that that person is wrong for meeting with him? No. Now, and here's the, this is one of the most ironic things, you know, um, that I've ever experienced, that I've ever seen. You know, I said online, I said that Steve Harvey, you know, just not, not that long ago, he literally told millions and millions of black women that it's okay to give God's most precious gift, which is your body. It's okay to give that gift to a man after only 90 days, right, the 90-day rule. It's okay to get and – I, and I told y'all back then it was ridiculous and, 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 you know, and he was a clown and a fool for, for doing that. I said, but he made by, he made his love by the world, and he made a fortune. I said that, but he meets with Donald Trump to discuss how to make life better for inner city residents and around the country, and he's hated. I said that we live in a backward society. You, there's, you know what I mean? Women have been hurt, have been dogged as a result of reading, act like a man, think like a lady. It's crazy. You know, I said act like a man, think like, act like a lady, think like a man. You know how I many people have been dogged and abused and lied to and just played by, you know, from that? A lot. Because it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. As a man, I'm telling you, it's not logical. And, it, you know, there was, was a time in my career where I spent a lot of time discussing that. Right, really discussing how ridiculous and why that was ridiculous. And a lot of women have they, they understand that now, and they're seeing the effects of that now. You know, ten years later. But you love him for that, but you hate him for meeting with Donald Trump to make life better for inner city residents. That makes no sense. A lot of people are talking about the hoodie awards being canceled, the neighborhood awards. You know, I mean, who cares? You know, I mean, I, that's a business thing. Like, it wasn't that it's people, and it's funny because I don't even like Steve Harvey, but I, I don't like people hating on him for the wrong reasons. If you don't want to like Steve Harvey, fine. Don't like Steve Harvey. I don't necessarily care for Steve Harvey, you know, but if you're not going to like him, at least not like him for the right reasons because he's he's preying upon and pandering to, to black women to make a dollar. That's why I don't like him or why I didn't like him before. You know, in fact, I told people I have no problem with him hosting Miss America or Miss Universe. I have no problem with him hosting Family Feud. I have no problem with his talk show to be on on, uh, on NBC or whatever. I said that's that's where he needs to be. That's you know that's whatever. That's just he, he's just a regular entertainer from that perspective, doing what entertainers do. But when you step into the lives of, of black women, saying you know, giving false advice specifically to you know, make a few dollars. That's where I, I, you know, I take issue with that. You know, so that's Steve Harvey. Now, this is what I've been waiting to talk about. I've been waiting to talk about 
Chrisette Michelle. You know, and this 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 story is, you know, probably what I've been most passionate about because, you know, I don't know if you guys, I told you guys, some people know the story, but I met my wife at the Chrisette Michelle concert here in Philly. Um, you know, I like her music. Uh, Goodbye Game is one of my favorite songs, you know, by her. I really like that song. Um, and she, she has a beautiful voice, you know, and she revealed and announced that she was going to be singing at Donald Trump's inauguration. And so I said, wow, you know what? That's pretty cool. And and the world just, everyone just, you know. And the funny thing is, Chrisette Michelle has always been someone who was classified as a conscious entertainer. She's always spoken about, you know, respecting ourselves, respecting our communities, you know, uplifting women. That's something she's always been passionate about. And, and her followers have known that and have seen that. You know, if you look at her Instagram, you follow her career. That's, that's, you know, she she speaks about African-American rights, you know, and she was just attacked and called a coon and, and this and, all, and so many different things. And I just, I couldn't believe it, how fast we will turn on people, you know, if just because, not for any real reason, but because they do something you don't necessarily agree with. You know, one of the things I said online was that both mainstream and social media are focusing on the fact that Chrisette Michelle agreed to sign sing at the Donald Trump inauguration. I said, but what they're not focusing on is the fact that she chose to sing a gospel song. You know, a lot of people didn't know that. Well, and, you know, and how would you? Because that kind of changes the conversation. So the media left that part out conveniently. I didn't even know that until I heard her interview on The Breakfast Club. I said, but the last time I checked, Christians are called to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, possible, and to all that will listen, not to allow politics or the devil to silence you. I said that so while America was busy bashing her and calling her a coon, the people who were in attendance and people who were watching online were actually blessed through song, because she again she has a beautiful voice, you know. And I, I guess my question is, like, when, what part of the Bible is that? Where does it say to only sing the gospel to people who agree with you politically? Did Jesus Christ factor in political beliefs when he determined where he was going to preach and who he was going to heal and who he was going to save? Or did he just do it to, for everyone, the Jew, the Gentile, the sinner, everybody? So why is Chrisette Michelle demonized for singing at the White House, you know, singing gospel at the White House, when that's really what we're all supposed to be doing? I mean, people won't even post a Bible verse on their Facebook page, let alone sing the gospel. You know, I respect her for, for you know, for doing what she did in spite of all of the negative feedback that she got. I respect that. It takes a lot, especially if she knew what she was doing was right. See, what people need to understand is that Christette Michelle was not wrong. The people criticizing her are wrong. Because as I said earlier, people are not supposed to be bullied, harassed, intimidated, or bashed because of their political beliefs. So she's not, she did not do anything wrong. People are so stupid. If, if people need to understand. See, this is, this is the media right here. Let me ask you a question, and you just answer this privately to yourself. 
When was the last time you saw on mainstream media, NBC, CNN, you know, someone of African-American descent being passionate about their support for Donald Trump? I'm going to wait on that. Just just think about it. Think about that. When was the last time you, you saw that? The reality is you don't see that. I mean, you may see something on Facebook. You may see something online. You may see a quick article here and there. But the reality is the media has an agenda of splitting this country right down the, the middle. They want to make – this is what they're, they're doing. They're doing a really good job of it. They're making – they're splitting the country black versus white, Republican versus Democrat. Now, on one hand, if you want to do that, it's – Whatever you can do that. I mean, they can. They've been doing that forever. It's fine. You want to split it up, black versus white. Although that's very divisive and not really accurate. But fine. I can say that's just what they want to do. But it doesn't make sense to allow the media to split us up, Republican versus Democrat, in regards to, you know, black versus white. Because the reality is there are millions and millions of black people, black Republicans, right? There are millions of black uh, Hispanic Republicans. The media wants you to believe that this they're, they're twisting it. They're making it seem like, oh, all black people voted for Hillary Clinton and hate Donald Trump. And, you know what I'm saying? All, you know what I'm saying? And everyone else was for Clinton. No. That's not how it is. The media just doesn't show you that literally millions of blacks and Hispanics that actually, you know, uh, they, they, they actually related to Donald Trump's message. And that, see, just the same way, this is you understand, the same way Barack Obama couldn't have won the presidency without white folk, right? I mean, you know, if all the black people voted for Barack, I mean, that's, you're not going to win the presidency if you don't have a good amount of white voters. And it's the same thing with, with Donald Trump. He didn't just win because of racist white people. Guess what, guys? Newsflash. Everyone who voted for Donald Trump is not a racist. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Did you know that there are actually racist white Democrats? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's amazing. People really think that these Democrats have an agenda. Oh, my God, I love black folks. Guys, Democrats are the main ones who wanted to keep slavery in effect. So do do some history, do some research. You know, everyone's talking. Be prior to Chrisette, everyone was talking about Jennifer Holliday. You know, and it was, it was I was actually really happy when I first heard that she was going to perform, but then I saw her in the view, and she said, you know what? She pulled out just because of the the hatred, and, you know, that she was getting. And you know, I, I I've seen her. She's a very nice person, you know, very humble. And, and she was saying that, wow, she was getting death threats. And she said, just for performing. And she said that the death threats weren't from racist white folk. They were from black people. And they were like, what? How do you know? She was like, I'm looking at the profiles. So you guys, and we talk about Donald Trump hate, stop the hate and love Trump's hate and all this stupid stuff. But you have actual black people who are sending death threats to another black entertainer, one of the most beloved black entertainers out there. That's that's cra- that's hypocritical, and it's crazy. 
I said that black folks should be ashamed of themselves for issuing death threats to someone as nice as Jennifer Holliday, who's actually performed for four presidents over the course of her career. I said, just because she wanted to perform at the inauguration, I said, it's fine not to like, not to support or like Donald Trump, but the inconvenient truth is that the media ignores millions of blacks and Hispanics who voted for Donald Trump, proving that this election is not just about race, but more so media propaganda. Right? I mean, it, and I just, we got to stop the hypocrisy. I mean, you look at people like Beyonce. You look at people like Nicki Minaj. You look at people like Rihanna. And now these are probably the top, not probably, they are the top three most popular African-American entertainers, female entertainers right now. Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and Rihanna. Rihanna is a, is a whore. Okay? I mean, like, if you, I mean, literally, like, if you listen to her music, it's nothing but whore music. Like, if, 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 if prostitutes made music, it would sound a lot like the music of Rihanna. It would sound a lot like the music of Nicki Minaj. The major issue that I have with Beyonce is that while many of her lyrics are the same type of horish, derogatory, disrespectful lyrics that you hear from the other two artists I mentioned, she does a great job of masking her whorishness, okay? When you say she Monica, he Monica Lewinsky'd all on my dress, all on my gown, it doesn't get more horse than that. And I was listening to her, one of her, her, actually her first single. I was listening to Beyonce's first single, which was, anybody know what it was, all the Beyonce fans out there? The first Beyonce single was Check Up On It. And if you look, ooh, you know, I, ooh, I can tell you want it, but I'm going to make you, you know, I'm going to make you chase it. But boy, you got to be patient. You know, just just absolutely whorish music. I can, as she said, I can tell you want to taste it, <laughs> but I'm going to make you chase it. I like my men patient. Don't make me pull up the lyrics right now. Who says something like that? You know, that is not a positive, not positive lyrics. That's not a positive message to these young girls. You know, we have these artists many of them, you know, disrespecting themselves, negatively influencing our young women, and we love them and we support them. But when Chrisette Michelle or Jennifer Holliday says, you know what, I'm going to go to the White House, they, are, they want to be, people want to boycott, people want to bash them, people want to hate them, but you literally have these other artists that people love and support, multi-million dollar plat, you know, platinum selling artists that are loved when they have literally hands down the worst possible message in any of any musician. You will never find an, any musical artist with, with more trashier lyrics than Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, or Beyonce. You know, Beyonce puts more of her trashiness, not so much in her lyrics, or definitely in her lyrics, but more so in her performances. You know, they all do. Their performances are just watching porn. And people love it. But when a boycott Chrisette Michelle and and Jennifer Holiday, I mean, just let that sink in for a minute. Craziness and ridiculousness. I mean, one of the things, the last thing I'll say about 
you know, from a political standpoint, because I want to do a little bit of uh, entertainment news for the last few minutes. But one of the things I said that whether or not you like Donald Trump and or not, I said it's a fact that the United States has a serious problem with illegal immigration and is in serious need of aggressive border control reform. You know, we, everyone's talking about this wall, and now evidently it looks like, you know, the American people are going to have to pay for it, and, you know. But, I mean, the reality is the, the last few administrations have not done anything, certainly over the last eight years, have not really done anything to bring about Im- significant immigration reform, you know, and border control, border security. And we have people coming over here from all over the world, you know, refugees, you know, people coming over on visas. The visas are expired. They're never leaving, you know. And, you know, we do it. We, hey, let me just say this. Let me just – because I haven't – I've said it before, and you guys have heard me say it before, but I, I was having a debate with one of my buddies. I was having a debate with one of my buddies. And I was like, yeah, man, it's crazy with all this stuff going on with Trump. And he was like, yeah, man, F that dude. He's, he's a racist, this and that. I said, he's a racist. I said, okay, I, you know, I've heard that. I said, but what makes you say that? I said, what makes you say, you know, he's a racist? No, nah, he's talking about all Mexicans are, are, are rapists and drug dealers. And I said, really? I said, he said, all? I said, when did he say that? I, no, I didn't say that. That's what he said. I said, but when? When did he say that? I said, you know, he gave that speech, that one speech everybody was talking about. I said, okay, hold on. You mean this one? Because I have it saved on my favorites because people like to debate. I have it saved. So I pulled up the actual speech. I let him hear the whole speech. He, he, I'm, he's like, no, that's not the whole speech. I'm like, yo, that's the whole speech. I said, he's like, I'm like, wait, 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 what did he say that was racist? He's like, and you, I said, you said, he said that all Mexicans were racist. I said, where in the speech did he say that? You, we just listened to the speech together. He's like, yeah, well, you know, he said he gave other speeches too, and this and I said, come on, man, and you guys do it too. I said, but the reality is, and I pointed out, I said that he said that. I'm not defending him. I'm just explaining what was actually said. You guys got to understand. You can't have a villain. You know, in order to have a villain, you have to have a reason to vilify someone. And the reality is, he said the same things I said. I, you know, I say the same things that he said about the. I, I said worse about the black community. Y'all know me. I keep it 100%. I live in the hood. So, I, you know, I'm going to keep it real about what goes on in the hood. You know, and as far as Mexico goes, the reality is he never said that all Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers, but it's a fact that there's a serious problem with border control. And when you have a problem with border control, you know, you do have a lot of rapists coming over. You do have a lot of the drug cartels are able to, you know, do different things. You know, that is a huge, how do you think, where do you think these drugs come from? You know, a lot of these drugs are coming specifically from these other countries. And once we tighten up the borders, not just the Mexican border, but all the borders, we're going to see a decrease in, in you know, some of these, these, these drugs, uh, the drug problem. But the reality, it's a fact that there are a lot of rapists. There are a lot of drug dealers. There are a lot, a, lot, a lot of criminals who come over illegally. I mean, everyone knows that. He never said that all. I sat there and watched his speech. But the reality is the media took that and ran with it. So the same thing that people are calling Donald Trump a race for, I'm literally saying the same thing. We do have a problem with many, not all, many Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers. Just like we have many African-Americans who are rapists and drug dealers. Shoot, there are many rapists and drug dealers of, of all races, white, black, whatever, Mexican, whoever. 
doesn't mean we're racist. You know, Hillary Clinton, people call Hillary Clinton a racist when she, when she referred to some of these gangs as super predators. Now, now Hillary, here's the thing. Clinton is, is not, I don't think she's a racist. I don't think she, I think that comment was a racist comment. It wasn't a cool comment. Let, let Donald Trump have said the same thing Hillary Clinton said. Let Donald Trump even utter the word super predator or brought to heel. Oh, my gosh. World War III. I don't think she's a racist. Everything isn't about race. You know, I think that was a very inappropriate comment. But the reality is there are a lot of African Americans who are running around here with a super predatorial mentality, literally preying upon weak individuals, people that they can rob and steal and, and rape. I see them every day. So absolutely, the black community is filled with super predators. That's a fact. I see them every day lurking. I carry a gun specifically because of the super predators out here. She said that those super predators need to be brought to heel. And guess what they do? But the problem is you can't, they're not going to be brought to heel. You got to kill them or put them in jail. That's the reality of the situation. Many of their, there is no rehabilitation. They're out here committing these crimes. They go to jail, five to 10, whatever. They come out, they, you know, go back to work doing the same thing. So is Hillary Clinton racist for calling for speaking the truth about the black community? No. Is Donald Trump a racist for 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 speaking the truth about the Mexican border problem that we have here? No. Is he a racist for wanting to build a wall so that we can have secure borders? No. I think we should build a wall, or uh, if not a wall, something. See, that's the funny thing. People are only talking about the wall. They're not talking about the the thousands and thousands of jobs. They're going to be created by building the wall, which is going to feed the economy. They're not talking about the hiring of another five to ten thousand border security patrol officials, you know, to to guard the wall and to work out there. You know, these are all things that are going to put a jolt into the the, the community. You know, construction jobs, all right, security jobs. This is what we need. These are things that I wanted to see Obama do. These are things Obama promised that he would do, but never delivered on. So, you know, one of the things I said that, you know, let's start not so much focusing on, you know, the media. And, and in fact, there was a guy on my Facebook page. He was saying, well, you know, I didn't, he's, I agree with what you said. Uh, he said, well, I didn't watch the speech, but I agree with what you said. I said, That's, that makes sense because most people who criticize Donald Trump or really anything aren't really knowledgeable about what's actually being said. They get their news straight from the, the media. That's where they get their information from. Right? So just that that's that's my inauguration piece of the show. There's a few other things that I wanted to get into uh from an entertainment standpoint. Um one thing that I'm extremely happy about is um it is is tomorrow. First of all, my homie, my man, Roger Federer is back in the Australian Open Finals. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to uh, Rafael Nadal, who he's going to renew his rivalry with at, I think, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll, I'll be setting my alarm and watching that match. Um, and then the Venus, the Williams sisters, uh, for the first time in a while, are also back in the finals. And let me just say this. A lot of people are calling Serena Williams the best of all time. Okay? Serena Williams is not the best of all time yet. I believe when it's all said and done, she will be. 
but she is currently tied with Steffi Graf at 22 Grand Slam finals or victories. If she is able to beat her sister Venus, she will break that tie with Steffi Graf, and then she will still trail Margaret Court for the most Grand Slam finals in history. But at least she will have broken the, the, the tie with Steffi Graf. Okay, so from that perspective, I would you know I would like to see that happen. I love Serena Williams as a, as a female tennis player. I would love to see that happen. But at the same time, I would love to see Venus Williams also get one more uh, title because she's been through so much with her health and you know just different things. So it's it's a win win for me. I love tennis. I play tennis my whole life. So um, hopefully you guys you know check out the uh, you know the match or at least the highlights because over in Australia it'll be played about 3 o'clock in the morning until, you know, 7 or so. Um, one other thing as far as, you know, a couple other things as far as entertainment news goes is, you know, shout out to everyone who, who listened to my two-night, six-hour special on Being Mary Jane and, and where I, you know, from a few years ago where I dissected the, the Mary Jane character, uh, Gabrielle Union's character um, on the show where she just is this, you know, this sexual professional, you know, being in, in perpetual search of love. And it's, you know, I've done a lot of shows. This, we've been on the air, you know, well over 10 years now at this point. And, you know, in my opinion, that, you know, that special, that two-night special contained the most viable and important information as far as, far as African-American women understanding and having an actual example of the major and most important issues that many of you go through and struggle with that prevents you from having love. And I still, you know, even watching the, the first couple episodes of the new season, you know, she's just, those, she epitomizes why so, the hidden problem between, in dating and relationships in the black community. And I say hidden because the media doesn't really focus on the sexual piece of, you know, of why so many black women are single. It's like, oh, okay, black men are in jail, black men are gay, black men are uneducated, they're not going to school, da 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 But no one is really talking about, okay, well, what, what do the heterosexual, um, you know, educated, professional black men, what do those men look for? The Christian men, what are they looking for? And the reality is they're not looking for women like Mary Jane Paul. They're not looking for those type of women who who will, who will sleep and meet you in the club, take you back to the crib, give you a drug test or an STD test on a freaking platter, serve you an STD test on a platter, have sex with you, you know, in the most crazy and freaky way possible while you're having sex with another guy who's married, you know, while you're dealing with you know, an ex from five to ten years ago that you're still secretly in love with, it's like, come on, nobody wants that. And so definitely, you know, listen to that two-night special um, and watch the show. A lot of people watch certain shows, but they're not watching the shows with the, you know, the mindset of learning something. You know, don't just be entertained by Olivia Pope on Scandal. Like, really, she's another one. You know, really watch these shows, you know, to understand why men do the things they do and why men only want sex from Mary Jane Paul, why nobody has wanted to really wife up Olivia Pope and, you know, and so many of these other, you know, characters on TV. You know, every, every I told you guys a few years ago, 
every black woman on TV, with the exception of probably, you know, uh, blackish, you know, is is uh, is a hoe, unfortunately. You know, you got Love and Hip Hop, you got Mary Jane, you got Olivia Pope. I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know, and um, it's indicative of why these men are not committing like they once did. Well, I think that's about it. Eddie Long is dead, you know. Rest in peace to him. I don't really have too much to say about, you know, Eddie Long. We know what he did, what he was accused of doing or whatever. So Bible says that, you know, God has a special place for people who cause young children to sin. So it's not up to us to judge him. You know, if, if anything that he was accused of is, is true, he will definitely be held accountable for that. So I want to thank you all for listening in. Um, you know, I apologize for it not being as uh, it being a longer time since I was last live. But you know, like I said, there's there's a lot going on with the new year, the election, the uh, inauguration, Martin Luther King Day. So you know, I'll come back live sooner rather than later. And I'm glad I got this you know, a lot of this stuff off my chest. There was so so much to to talk about. I had like a super huge outline. I'm actually happy that I got through just about most of it. One of the things I'll leave you guys with is, like I told you, man, like there's so much stuff going on. You know, there's so many things that the that the enemy, there's so many things that the media can use to distract you from the real problem. And I, I would encourage everyone to keep their eye. My mom always used to tell me, keep your eye on the prize. And the, and the, and the prize is God. The prize is heaven. You know, and the distraction is to keep us focused on race, on division, on politics. See, Jesus Christ wasn't political, right? He wasn't political. He didn't allow politics to distract him from his ultimate goal and his ultimate his mission. But yet we as, you know, people, we are allowing the, the masses, specifically the church, is extremely distracted right now, distracted with scandal, distracted with drama, distracted with media propaganda, so much so that they're ignoring the fact that we are immersed in a battle of good and evil. It's not black versus white. The real problem here is good versus evil. These entertainers have an agenda of evil. These politicians have an agenda of evil. The government, you know, it, it may not seem like it because, again, they're going to tell you things that your itching ears want to hear, as the Bible calls it, right? But that doesn't mean that it's not evil. Well, thank you all for listening in, man, and I will see you next time.
Don't talk. 